0: Thanks, Michael. (laughs) Well, good morning, everybody. Got their uh, wake-up juice in them this morning, whatever, whatever your type of poison is that you like to drink to get you going in the morning. But um, well, I was reading the other day uh, about this woman named Araminta Ross, and Araminta was a was an amazing woman, but she had a really rough childhood. She was abused as a kid, uh, mistreated, and even one time she was hit in the head with this heavy metal weight. Uh, and for the rest of her life, she struggled with dizziness and headaches and trouble sleeping. But despite all that, she grew up, she was a, an amazing woman of faith, and um, she was very much empowered by the Holy Spirit. She at times would have visions and dreams from God, And she was filled with what I think most of us would consider a supernatural courage or boldness in her life. So much so that even even people who aren't Christians know her and know about her. And she did so many amazing things that in just a couple years, uh, every American is going to see her picture every time they look at a $20 bill. Sierra Minta Ross had another name, Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman, the great, you know, probably the most famous runaway slave uh, who fled Maryland in 1849 to Philadelphia, but when she got freedom for herself, she did not stay there. She ended up going back down to the southern states 13 different times, walking almost every time, and she rescued, they think, over 70 different families of people bringing them to freedom. Now, if you read in a secular history book, and i te- that's what I teach, uh, social studies, and one of the things we talk about in fourth grade is the Underground Railroad. You will never find in a secular history book that will say that Harriet Tubman was an empowered woman by the Holy Spirit. You will never read that. But if you look at her life, if you read about her faith, and if you look at the, the visual evidence, her boldness, her courage, the way... Um, the fact that God spoke to her in dreams and visions, those are all signs of being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so today, I get to kind of conclude and put the icing on the cake, so to speak, of this series that we've been doing over the last four weeks about what it means to be in life with the Spirit, what life with the Holy Spirit looks like. And the, the very, I don't know if you were here, but the very first week of this series, Michael laid a great foundation of what it of what it looks like what what it looks like to be filled with the spirit and what theologically what who the Holy Spirit is, and then two weeks ago, Heather talked about the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and last week I thought JT did an excellent job of just talking in very practical ways what does it look like to be led by the Holy Spirit so today I get to talk about what does it look like to be empowered by the Holy Spirit so let's pray real quick and then we'll kind of get into the meat of it but Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would just come. I mean, that's you are who we are talking about today. And I pray, Lord, that you would be present to do a transforming work in us. That we would not just learn about you with our minds, but that we would experience all that you have for us. We invite you to have your way. Amen. Amen. So. So who gets to be empowered by the Holy Spirit? Your first point in your notes. Who gets to be empowered by the Holy Spirit? Is it just the few? Is it just the few gifted elite people? Is it people like Harriet Tubman and only? Or is it everyone? Is it every believer? And it's interesting, if you look in Scripture, which should always be where we look first, if you look in Scripture, you see seasons or time periods of both, of both being true. You know, and Michael talked about this briefly a few weeks ago, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but, but in the Old Testament, we see that the Holy Spirit really empowered only the few. The Holy Spirit would, would empower a judge like Gideon, or a king like David, or a prophet like Isaiah. He would empower a, a few select people to, to solve a dispute, or to win a battle, or to call a community to repentance. But then, since then, since the time of Jesus, since Jesus left and said, I'm going to send an advocate to you, and it's going to be the Holy Spirit. It's going to come on, and it's going to be for all of you, every believer. You're going to have access and empowerment by the Holy Spirit. Let's look at this verse in Acts 2, verse 1 through 4. We'll put it up here on the slides if you want to follow along up there because I'm going to be jumping around a little bit today. When the, when the day of Pentecost came... They were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed like to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them, and all of them, all of them, were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. all of them, all of them, every believer of Christ in that room, every follower was empowered by the Holy Spirit. And a few verses later in Acts 1 uh, verse 15, it tells us that there were about 120 followers of Jesus at that time meeting in this house. And meeting in this big room every, every day or whenever they got together. So, so I think it's safe to say when it says all of them, we can expect that it was probably at least this 120 people. Later on, and a couple verses later, Acts two seventeen, Peter quotes from this prophet Joel. He says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. What Peter was saying in this verse, as he was quoting from this Old Testament prophet, he was saying that the last days are now here. He was saying that we are living in the last days. And we, us today, are still living in this same age. Until Christ returns again, we are living in this age of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that it's God's intention and plan that if we have Jesus, then he also wants us to have the Holy Spirit and to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. See, they are the same God, the Trinity, the three persons in one. We we are not meant to have one and not the others. If you look in Romans 8 9, this is what it says. It says, However, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Capital S spirit means Holy Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, but if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Now, this is kind of a confusing verse, verse but what we see here is this, this beautiful mystery of all three parts of the Trinity blended together. Blended together. If you have Jesus, you are meant to have the Holy Spirit. There's another part in Scripture where Jesus tells his disciples, he says, I am in the Father and he is in me. And what Jesus is saying is, if you have me, you have the Father. If you have the Father, you have me. You can't have one without the other. And the same is true about the Holy Spirit. You know, when you look at these people at Pentecost who are empowered by the Holy Spirit, was there something special about them? Were they elite in some way? And the answer is, is, not really. Not really. Peter was a fisherman. He was a fisherman. Matthew was an IRS agent. Well, he was a tax collector, but basically, right? I mean, today's time. You know, Paul, who wasn't one of the disciples, but was, I think, clearly, if we read the story, his life story, he was an empowered man. He was a tent maker. These were ordinary, everyday people. At another point in the, in the book of Acts, the, the Jewish leaders look at Peter and John and they say, Who are you unschooled, ordinary men doing these things? That's what they were. They were ordinary guys. And that is the beautiful part about it. They were just everyday believers of Jesus. But, however, even though we are all able to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, we can be ignorant of the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives. And we do need to learn how to grow in understanding what it truly means to be empowered. Today, I'm sure some of us are just kind of dipping our toes in for the first time of what it looks like to, to be led and empowered and convicted and all those things that we've been talking about by the Holy Spirit. And others, we might be wading in a little bit deeper. But, but wherever you're at, God is. Desires to gr- help you grow in understanding what it looks like to walk with the Holy Spirit. I remember a few years back, uh, about five or six years ago, I was kind of dipping my toes, so to speak, in what it, what it means to, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. I, Michael invited me to go with him to a conference up in Detroit. And I said, sure, I'll tag along. But the conference I found out was all about being filled and empowered with the Holy Spirit. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes me a little nervous. Uh, i'm not sure i feel about that i'm just not i don't really feel empowered i don't know what exactly what that looks like but i'll go and i remember he was teaching a workshop and at the end of the workshop he had us all partner up with people and uh and i was really hoping that everybody would have a partner so i could just kind of sit in the back and just not have to do anything but of course there was an odd number and there was this one young woman who didn't have didn't have a partner and thought, okay okay i guess I, i gotta i gotta pray with her and then we they were parting up to pray, and typically, you know, in this church, we'd like to pray guys for guys, girls for girls, but there just wasn't an option that time, and we were all together in a big group, so I kind of figured it was a fairly safe place, and I remember uh, that the whole point of it was we were really simply just supposed to invite the Holy Spirit, and then just kind of say whatever we think He wants to encourage that person with. I'd, I'd never met this person before, ever, and I felt really ill-equipped. I felt really inadequate, and I remember, God, you better show up because I got nothing here. I, I, mean, I can't fake this. I, don't, I've nothing, I know nothing about her, and so that's what I did. I just said, I just said, come Holy Spirit, and I just, I just waited. And she had her eyes closed, and, and I was kind of looking at her, and, and typically, and that's a good thing to do when you're praying for somebody. Like, if you're praying for them, have your eyes open because sometimes God can show things you can see things in their body language as you start to speak and talk. You know, they can, it can give you clues if you're kind of on the right track or not. And I remember I looked at her, and she had a watch on. And because of the way she must have been holding her wrist, her watch was making this in, had made this indent in her skin, just kind of like a temporary indent. And I looked at that indent, and for a second, just a second, in my mind, that indent looked like this nasty, hideous scar. And then a second later, it was it was back to being indent again, and so I was like, I just stopped and I just told her. I said, "Hey, I don't know, I don't know if this is anything, but I was looking at your wa- wrist and I saw this indent. And then it looked like a scar. As as I'm saying this out loud, I feel like may that you know, like I, that you have maybe gone through something really hard. You have a really deep wound, but it's not on your wrist. It's you know a deep wound in your heart. And as I'm saying that right now, is it possible that maybe you? were you ever, were you ever abused, were you ever abused by someone, and she, her eyes shot right open, she looked right at me, and she said, how did you know that, and I said, um, I think God just told me, I don't know, I, I honestly don't know, and she, I said, is, is it, is that true, and you know, you know, me being a guy, and, and not knowing her, and her, you know, being a woman, I was real sensitive, I said, I know that could be a really touchy thing, but if I'm just gonna pray that God would heal you, and draw near to you, and, and, um, and, uh, and so I did, it was real simple, real basic, and I said amen, and then we kind of took a break, we took a break, and, uh, and I remember everybody was kind of just chatting, and I kind of just moved off, off to the side, and I was kind of standing, leaning up against the stage, kind of like this, just watching people talk, and, uh, and she saw me, she came right over to me, and she literally stood right beside me, I mean, our shoulders were like an inch apart. And there was no one else around. And I thought, well, this is a little uncomfortable. I don't know what you'd think just happened. You know, I'm, but I'm happily married. <laughs> and, um, but um, so I kind of just sidestepped a little bit and was about ready to start a conversation. And she literally scooted closer to me. And she had this big smile on her face. And, and I think she started to notice I was a little uncomfortable. And she started, she started to speak. And she said, she said I'm, I'm sorry if I'm being really weird right now. Um, I said, yeah, okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I was like, but um, she said, but I got to tell you something. And she started to cry. She said, she shared with me that her father had abused her. And she said, ever since I can remember, ever since I can remember to even stand next to a man, this overwhelming fear and anxiety and panic would come over me and I would have to leave the situation, I would have to move. And because of that, I have never really had to have friends with men, be friends with men, let alone think about, you know, a romantic relationship someday. And she said, for the first time, the first time I can ever remember, I don't feel that. I'm standing next to you and I feel freedom and I feel peace and I feel good. Isn't that awesome? And also, I honestly I honestly, believe, I honestly believe looking back that God delivered her, delivered her from a spirit of fear that day. That he did something in her. He lifted some, some evil spirit off of her. But I began to, to see and think, God, if you, if, you, if you can use me in that way one time then maybe I can have the courage to take risks and you can do that again and again. And you can empower me to be just an ordinary guy doing mighty things for your kingdom. And I and I began to step into it. And I began to step into it. You know, it is God's desire, I believe, that we would live empowered by the Holy Spirit. Everyone gets to play. We say that all the time in this church. Everyone gets to play. It's like, do you remember Oprah? I don't know I she not have her show anymore, but I remember Oprah... She used to do this thing where every once in a while she would say, everybody, look under your chairs. You all win. You all win a new vacation. You all win a a new car. Sometimes it would be that extreme. It was crazy. I I feel like God is saying to us, everybody, look under your chairs. Not literally, don't. don't. (laughs) Everybody, look under your chairs. You all win. You all get the Holy Spirit. You all get me. You all get empowered the greatest gift it's the greatest gift you know it always bothers me it always bothers me when i see and this isn't in my notes so maybe it's going to get me in trouble but it always bothers me um when i you see the the everyone is is going to the man of god or the woman of god to pray for them or to, to to give them wisdom or whatever that is and i'm not saying that god can't use those people because I do believe God uses people in amazing ways like that. But, but I believe God has called us all to do that. See, I don't think that, that's not what we see in the scriptures at all. In the book of Acts, we see all, every, all the believers are doing it all. They're all doing it. And so, so what I always loved, John Wimber, the founder of the vineyard, I was, I've been told sometimes he would give a powerful, empowering message. And then when it was time for ministry time to pray for people, he'd actually leave the room. He would literally leave the room and say, "Now you guys do it," because if I stay here, you're all going to look at me to do it. But he would literally leave the room, and the Holy Spirit would come and do amazing things in people's lives. We all get to play. We all get empowered. Cool. All right, I lost my spot. I got off track. All right, next point in your notes. I got to I got to pick up the pace here a little bit. We're never going to get out of here. Um, how are we empowered? On versus in, does the Holy Spirit come on believers to empower them, or does the Holy Spirit dwell and live in believers to empower them? The truth is, depending on which branch of Christianity you talk to or come from, many groups tend to lean or focus on one way more than the other. But in Scripture, we see that both are vitally important to being fully empowered Christians. God desires that we should have the whole Holy Spirit. The truly empowered Christian has the Holy Spirit both on them and in them. Now, what do I mean when I say that the Holy Spirit is on them? Let's look at Acts 8, 14 through 50. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of Jesus. And then Peter and John placed their hands on them and re- they received the Holy Spirit. See, when people talk about the empowering Holy Spirit being on someone, it's usually to partner in signs and wonders. It's to do the, what we would consider the supernatural. To witness and serve and love others in an outward expression of the kingdom of God happening. And where do, where do we see that? Where do we see that in the Bible? We see it all over the book of Acts. Acts 2, at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit falls on believers and they start speaking in tongues or other languages that, that no one knows, how, that they do not know how to naturally speak. And then Peter, he preaches this message and he begins to prophesy, referring to the prophet Joel. Remember, we just looked at that verse. Throw that verse up there again, the next one. And in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions, and old men will dream dreams. The Holy Spirit moves on people's hearts, and three thousand people come to faith that day. Three thousand. Shortly afterwards, Peter and John they're headed to the temple, and in Acts three, Peter heals a lame man, and he's able to walk. And the church grows to five thousand. The next chapter, in Acts four, they're arrested. Peter and and, uh, and he they're arrested, and they're questioned by the Jewish leaders. And Peter's filled with boldness to speak the truth that how they healed this man was in the power and authority of Jesus, the man that these people had just killed. The same Peter who was a coward days before and lied and denied knowing Jesus to a slave girl has the boldness now and courage to talk to these leaders, tongues, prophecy, healing, boldness, Signs and wonders, these things are evidence of the Holy Spirit being on the disciples. So let's look at some of the ways that the Holy Spirit can come on us. This is not meant to be an all-inclusive list. I'm going to put the next one up there. But here are some examples of what we see in Scripture throughout. So increased boldness, like we just talked about. Where Peter, who's a coward, we're talking about people like Harriet Tubman having this superhuman courage to do these things. That's a sign of being empowered by the Spirit. Words of knowledge. What do I mean by that? Words of knowledge. Words of knowledge is where the Holy Spirit gives you a specific fact, a specific piece of information that there's really no way you could have known. Kind of like in the situation where I, I knew, I, th- I didn't know, but I thought, you know, I, I took a leap of faith that, that that young woman had been abused. You know, that, that, there's no way I could have known that. In the, in the scriptures in Acts 5, Peter the Holy Spirit tells Peter that this married couple's lying about how much money they got for selling a, a their, their farm. And he confronts them about it. He, he, he could have never known except for the Holy Spirit tells him. Words of wisdom. The next one, words of wisdom. Uh, the difference between a words of knowledge and words of wisdom is the words of wisdom is it's the ability to discern how to use knowledge in a particular situa- situation. Uh, an example is in Acts 15. James, the half-brother of Jesus has wisdom by the Holy Spirit to diffuse tension, this tension between the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians and, and create peace and unity in the church. The gift of tongues, to speak in an unknown language or in other languages that you don't know. The gift of healing. The gift of prophecy. The gift of faith. I know I'm going through these fast. The gift of faith, like the gift of faith, the ability to believe in God's promises even under really hard circumstances, even when things don't look like God is in that situation, even to the point of death. The gift of evangelism, where, where large amounts of people come to saving faith in Jesus through you. The discerning of spirits. JT talked about this a little bit last week, that, You know, that we, we need to be able to test If it's the Holy Spirit speaking to us, or if it's another spirit speaking to us. You know, we need to be able to test that and discern, is this you, God? The the deliverance of evil spirits and visions and dreams. You know, every one of these examples that I referenced here, you may have noticed, every one of them is from the book of Acts, and I did that on purpose. I could have chosen verses and stories from the Gospels of Jesus doing this stuff, because he did all this stuff too. But I wanted to show you that all of these things are found by ordinary people like you and me doing it. Ordinary believers doing this stuff. You know, this past weekend, actually a week ago, in this service, the 9 o'clock service, I was sitting right over there. And um, at the very end of the service, JT Invited people to raise their hand for prayer. I don't know if you were here. You may remember. This. He invited. He, he spoke and he invited, He talked about leading, being led by the Holy Spirit. He invited people to raise their hand for prayer, and he said, "Anybody who needs prayer, if you're sick or you need pain or anything like that, just raise your hand." And people gathered around those people. And I was sitting right behind Deb Crane, who's over there right now. And um, she raised her hand, and about four or five of us gathered around her, and uh, and we just waited on the Holy Spirit. And then we kind of asked her, hey, is there anything specific? What did you raise your hand for? And she said, well, I've had bad arthritis for like five or six years. And, uh, and fibromyalgia, I think, too, and other things. And, and it's just been really painful. And I think she was in pain sitting there at, th- at the time. And, and, she, and we were about ready to start praying, and I just had this thought, and I believe it was God now. just sounded like my own thoughts, but I think it was God, because I asked her, did anything happen? Were you going through anything hard around the time that pain started? And she just started to cry. She started to cry. And I thought, oh, no, I said something wrong. But no, she, she said, yeah, actually, I, yeah, yeah. I had, I had just, you know, lost my son, was killed by a drunk driver in his early 20s. And I have been wrestling and grieving and missing and feeling so broken. And I said, well, I don't know if it's coincidence, it could be, but those things may be connected. So if it's okay with you, why don't we, as a team, pray for both those things? And so that's what we did. It was just a simple prayer. We prayed that God would help bring healing to her her for losing her son, from being taken away from her, bring forgiveness. And then we prayed that her pain would go. And afterwards, we just asked her, we said, you know, how do you feel? And she said, "I, I feel great. I should feel great. I feel great. And talking to her just this morning before the church, talking to her throughout the week, you know, she's been sleeping well. Normally at night, the pain in her legs and her feet has been really waking her up. She's been sleeping great. She said she chopped wood last Sunday after church. God showed up. God moved on us and empowered us. That happened last week right there. She's sitting right there. God is still alive, still at work. He loves you. He sees you. And he wants to equip us and empower us to do these things in mighty ways. But the Holy Spirit can be on us, but the Holy Spirit can also be in us, in us. Many times scripture describes the Holy Spirit as living in us. Let's look at this verse in 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you know that you are a temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? The Spirit of God dwells in you. Empowerment of the Holy Spirit isn't just about working miracles on the outside, but also about working miracles on the inside. The Holy Spirit in you is in process of transforming your character and making you more like Christ, taking the broken, destructive, sinful attitudes and patterns of your life and transforming you into a new man and Have you seen this in your life? Have you seen this in your life? Have you seen this in the lives of other Christians? Where the Holy Spirit, over time, has changed you. You know, has taken a a jealous person and turned them into a more thankful person. A harsh person into a more kind one. An anxious person into a peace-filled one. A sorrowful person into a joyful one. A hate-filled person into a loving one. The empowering Holy Spirit is equally, equally interested in partnering with you to transform the inside of your world as he is the outside. At times, we can get discouraged. I know I can get discouraged about thinking about where where is that empowering Holy Spirit at? Because I don't know about you, but I don't see people get healed of arthritic pain every day. It just doesn't happen. I pray for people all the time, and it doesn't seem that in dramatic ways God is doing things. But I'll say this. I do believe, and this isn't my notes either, I, I do believe that every time we pray for someone, that God heals them in some capacity. We may not see it. We may not feel it. But something, God is doing something in their soul, something in their heart, some, some step of encouragement, of healing, of restoring, even if it's the smallest amount. I think he happens every time. But... But I often think that we, we often miss God's activity because we're always looking for fireworks in the sky and we miss the small kindling, warm fire on the ground. I believe the Holy Spirit is often in ways that we don't give him credit for. Someone might say, I didn't really experience the Holy Spirit this week or you know, at church today. or I didn't, I didn't see him doing anything super wow. But did you know that couple that's sitting in front of you that the Holy Spirit has been restoring their marriage this week, that the person to your left who's been struggling with addiction, the Holy Spirit's been empowering them to overcome that this week. The person to your right, you know, God is making them into a less jealous or lustful or greedy person this week. Like, the Holy Spirit is always at work, but at times it's often in subtle, slower ways, and we need to start giving God the glory and the praise and the credit for those things. About a, a month ago, and it was a month ago exactly today, I remember, because it was my daughter's birthday, we went through a, a really, I went through a really hard, traumatic thing. Um, we were having a great time. Yeah, not my, my daughter's birthday wasn't traumatic. That sounded bad. Um, but we were, we were, my daughter was, my daughter was turning nine, and she wanted to go swimming at Sarah's, my wife's uh, aunt has a pool. And so we went over to her house, and we were swimming, we were having a great time, and it kind of turned into this impromptu party we thought it was just going to be us, and all the neighbors kind of showed up, and. Um, we, were, we were having a great time, and then her aunt's friend, Gloria, had started having really t- trouble breathing. She went inside, and Sarah, I didn't really know what was going on, Sarah nudged me and said, you better go in there and help them. And a couple of neighbors, we went in to help her, and it was very clear that it was becoming very serious very quickly. Um, we were call, they were calling 911. Um, she was gasping for breath, and eventually she, we laid her down, and she stopped breathing completely. And Sarah's aunt began breathing for her, and I began doing chest compressions, giving her CPR. And this, this time I, I began praying out loud, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come. Come Holy Spirit. And another, another woman, one of the neighbors who was surrounded around her, who I found out later was a, a follower of Jesus, was praying, Jesus, heal her, Jesus, be with her, Jesus, come and show up. And we waited and we we, we, we tried our best resuscitator until the EMTs got there and when they got there they took over and they worked for ten or fifteen minutes efficiently, sufficiently. But in the end she didn't she didn't make it. She didn't make it. And never have I never <laughs> has someone passed away like that, right in front of me like that. And I just remember thinking, God, where are you? Where are you? we were praying. Where were you? And afterwards, I was just talking with God and processing all that had happened. And I felt like God replayed it in my mind. He said, replay it in your mind. Because I was all over it. I was all, all over that. First thing, and this isn't in my notes either, is, is I think we, we think way too much of this life and way too little of the next. And I found out later that Gloria... Been a long time father of Jesus, and I re- went to her funeral at Xenos and, and got to just see people, you know, loving, loving on her family and and uh, and her and her meet her sons and 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 just hearing their stories about her. But but um, we uh, but I said, God, where were you still? Where were you? Where were you? And and it, and I felt like God said to me I want you to walk, look think about how that day went that event went I want you to look and see how you were Andrew Were you panicked Well no I was actually really unusually calm the entire time Were you were you impatient No actually I was I was very patient Were you harsh No I was I was kind I was this doesn't seem like what i would act like in this situation and i went home and i looked at galatians 5 and this is the verses i this is the verse i read when i that verse up there galatians 5 this is what it said the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control and i thought wow god i experienced all those today you were there Holy Spirit, you were there. You are, you're in me. You are living in me. Now, I don't experience those traits all the time. There are many times in my life where I have not those qualities, but I'm beginning to notice those traits are becoming more and more prevalent in my life. And notice how none of these traits are healing, tongues, prophecies, signs, and wonders, and yet they are evidence of the empowering Holy Spirit inside of us. Do you see the Holy Spirit transforming your character like this? Do you see that? See, here's the question to ask yourself today. Which which side of the spectrum do you tend to lean towards? Do you like to lean towards the Holy Spirit being on me side or the Holy Spirit dwelling and living in me side? See, if you tend to lean towards the side of the Holy Spirit on me, that means you probably love to experience the supernatural empowering side of the Holy Spirit, the signs and the wonders. That lights a fire in you. Or do you tend to lean towards the side of the Holy Spirit living in you? We love the beautiful, transforming, inner healing power of the Holy Spirit, making you more and more like Christ. See, the, the reason I bring that up is because depending on your personality, depending on your background, maybe the type of church you grew up in or first experience, you probably tend to lean one way or the other a little bit. But there are dangers if we lean too far from one side to the other. See, if we focus on only the empowering signs and wonders of the Holy Spirit, then we have a danger of falling more in love with the power of the Holy Spirit than with the person of the Holy Spirit himself. We chase these mountaintop experiences, and and we miss out on the inner transforming power of a relational God. We're tempted to hop from church to church, or conference to conference, or revival to revival, looking for the most dramatic movement of God, and yet we can never know the fruit of the Spirit. We can never know true joy, peace, patience, love. The danger of leaning too far the other way is that we fall in love with the person of the Holy Spirit, but without the power. And we become satisfied with this, this theoretical God living in us. We believe that God loves us and can change us. But to ask for prayer to be healed, well that, that's, that's hopeless thinking. You know, that, that's, I would never put myself in that uncomfortable situation. Why would I, why would I ever take that risk? Or look that foolish. And all week long I've been thinking, what if Deb Crane would have not raised her hand last week? What if she felt that way? And she would have felt like, I've had this arthritis for too long. Or other people have it worse than me. Or whatever. And she would not have raised her hand. She might still be experiencing those symptoms and that pain right now today. But yet she's experiencing freedom. The truth is that if we only lean one way or the other, then we only really get half of what the Holy Spirit wants for us. See, God desires that we would have the whole Holy Spirit. The truly empowered person is the one with the Holy Spirit both on them and in them. The person and the power. They were never intended to be separated. And my final point here, and then I'm going to finish up here, is when are we empowered? It's once enough. Or are we called to be empowered as ongoing, over, and continually filled with the Holy Spirit? Michael talked about this a few weeks back, so I'll keep it short and sweet. But he said, he pointed out in Ephesians 5.18, he showed us this verse. It says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but instead be filled with the Spirit. He said that phrase, be filled with the Spirit, in the Greek, in the original Greek, implies a process of being saturated with the Spirit as an on. Going experience. If we look at the life of Paul in the Bible, he is a great example of this. In the book of Acts, we read verses like this. Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit. Later on, Barnabas and Paul, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit. Paul and his companions, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from going to Asia. Continually and regularly, Paul is being, experiencing the Holy Spirit not a one-time thing see last week in our small group I guess it was a week and a half ago we were praying together we were waiting on God at the end of our time and I had this picture of all of us kind of sitting around in a circle looking I mean it was our human bodies but they were like transparent glass you could see kind of like statues like see right through us and uh and there was this I had this picture in my mind it was just this weird kind of image of this golden liquid inside of us but it was slowly going down and the reason it was going down is we had these little pinholes all over us and this liquid golden stuff was pouring out of us and beside each hole it said human condition human condition and i and i thought that's really weird and then i remembered this quote i had heard from an american ev- evangelist named dl moody and this is what he said when When people asked him, why do you preach about the Holy Spirit so much? Why do you go after the Holy Spirit so much? And he thought about it, and he said this. He said, well, I suppose I leak. I suppose I leak. I leak. I mean, isn't that true? We leak. Part of our human condition is that we leak. You know, God can do something amazing in our lives, and then two days later, we're like, where are you, God? You know? We can see something happen, or we can experience him in some way, and then we so quickly forget. We so quickly feel inadequate anymore, feel unworthy, which we're not, but yet he does. It, he works through us anyways. You know, part of the human condition is that we need to be filled up and we need to learn to rely on the Holy Spirit day in and day out, over and over again, going to him every day, waking up, fill me up, Lord, be with me, Lord. Equip me, Lord, to partner with you both inside and inside We need him to transform the inside and outside of our lives and those around us. We need him to be able to work through us. Amen? Amen. Well, hey, now's the fun part. Let's go ahead and stand up. Now's now's where we get to do some fun stuff. That's the part where we get to get out of the way a little bit and let God God do some things. So I uh, I have asked our small group leaders, or if you're really if you're any kind of a leader in the church, or if you've been, you know, in a small group for a a long period of time, or have any kind of role like that, I've asked that they might be available to pray for people today, really simply to just pray that the Holy Spirit would come on you and empower you. Just a real simple short prayer, just like two minutes tops. Last night we were we had, we had so many people, it was going so long, and we, sometimes we want to go for a really long time, but just a quick, simple prayer, and I want to I invite everybody, if you're willing, if you're willing to get prayer today. So right now, as I'm, as I'm explaining this a little bit, well, let's have the, like, if you're a leader, why don't you start to kind of make your way around the sides? A few of you can come up front, but let's kind of spread it out around the church. And here's what I want you to consider. I want you to consider, maybe you've never gotten prayer before, Maybe something like this is always uncomfortable for you. What if you did that today? What's the worst thing that could happen? It's a two minutes of your life gone, right? Right? But what if, what if the creator of the universe empowers you and the Holy Spirit's on you and in you to start to do some of these things that, that we see? What would happen? Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be awesome? That would be awesome. That would be amazing. So Sarah's going to lead us in a worship song, and we will take as long as we need to. But I want to encourage you. I would love to see every single person, if you feel comfortable. I understand some of you may not feel comfortable, but if you feel comfortable to go up to one of these people, even if you don't know them, you know, they're not going to be weird. They're just going to invite the Holy Spirit. They're just going to ask that He would empower you. And leaders, if you get a specific word or something, a picture, go for it. Share that with them. But if you don't, that's okay too. Just pray a simple blessing over them. And we'll just and let God have his way and see what happens. And so I'm going to encourage you to start, as Sarah starts the song, to make your way to one of these people. And if there's a line, just wait and wait patiently and don't give up. And, and I'm sure they'll get to you here in a second. So let's do that now. people over here on the side if you want to get prayer and a few people on the side over there too don't miss this opportunity today guys don't miss it more women who can pray. I know we have a few women up front who would love some prayer. getting prayer, just continue to receive what God has for you. I think God is doing some amazing things just around the room. But if you're in your seat, let me just pray a blessing over you as we go. Okay, so if you just want to bow your heads with me, Lord, would you would you empower us with your Holy Spirit? May the Holy Spirit be both on and in us. We have nothing to offer you. We are We are just beggars before the King. And yet you extend your hand and you generously give the greatest gift. You give us yourself. May we experience your empowering Holy Spirit in all ways, in the ways that we need to. Would you draw near to us? Would you come close to us? Whether we're at home, at work, their families, alone, wherever we go, Lord, we just pray that in Jesus' name, the power of Jesus' name, amen, amen, we'll bless you guys, um, if you're visiting, we'd love, I know I and some of the other pastors would love to meet you, back at the visitor's welcome, if you got a chance to say hi to Jen and Calm, I know they would love to talk to you as well, they'll be in the lobby, have a blessed, blessed weekend.